My brother is a production manager and he got on stage before they played and taped everything to the ground, but didn't tell our, our sound tech <laughs> what they were like. And I had the sound tech come running up to me during the set and go, Cameron, if you book bands like this, you need to tell me what they play. Like. <laughs> I was like, well, I sent you the lineup. You're supposed to listen to it all and figure it all out. Hot diggity damn. Friends, welcome to Hit Different. Your weekly music culture podcast with me, the host Mikey Kyle. Coming up in this episode, we're going to hit three hot hit stories. Musicians in Australia not being able to tour overseas, missing their chance while they're hot. We're going to head into central Australia, going to the desert to find out a little bit more about a quite a unique heavy festival that has been going for over a decade. Metal. Very good. We'll also be speaking to Cameron Wade, who at the moment is our mysterious silent co-host with us this week. He is the the dude who runs Meadow Festival in Bambra, the hyper-local micro-festival that could be the future of music festivals in Australia, it would seem. Don't say anything yet. Thank you. Good. <laughs> Sexy times. So you introduced our co-host properly then. I just kind of did you as well, so maybe say hi, Cam. Hey, how are you going? Very, very well. Uh, so say, please identify yourself. It's your girl. It's so, so for Molly. Happy to be on this ride with Mikey and his fractured foot. We're going to nurse each other through this. <laughs> Big Get ups. Get us back in the vibes. Get on the good foot. <laughs> That's right. And I'm Mikey Carl, um, general idiot boy. Uh, <laughs> idiot bitch is my, <laughs> is my youngest, if I get edited out, my youngest daughter. So my eldest daughter says to me after we saw some kind of risque comedy. Oh, no, let's just not even go there. Um, yeah. Very good. All right, my friends, subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to Hit Different. Send a tip or story suggestion to podcast at mushroomgroup.com or check the episode description for more ways to get in contact. We're going to start a little uh, Facebook group as well because you need more Facebook in your life. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Let's get into it. Music sting. Friends, we have an issue. The issue is this bungled vaccine rollout. I don't hold the hose, mate. Mm. ScoMo. And the issue, of course, is for Australian artists, for instance, Mars Wolf, who is killing it overseas. His track is called Astronaut. In the ocean. Huge interest in the US. Um, he's number one in six different countries with the, with the it's, track. It's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. He's this Sydney rapper who has just exploded. Yeah. And right now he should be over in the US and in Europe and all these places. Because the US, obviously, with their unexpectedly fast vaccine rollout, a very successful yeah, vaccine rollout. Yeah, who seen that coming given what they've just gone through totally. <laughs> over the last four totally. years? Totally. thought they would have been on top of it first. Yep. Well, you could announce something and then cancel it three times in a row. Yeah. <laughs> and then decide, I'll just wait until next year or the year after or mm -hmm. maybe January 2023, I think, is the current projection for finishing Jesus. vaccine oh. rollout. Mm. Oh. Well, let's have another announcement about it, shall yeah. we? Yeah. I think That's so. That's what we need more of. Yep. It's it's harsh. Mars Wolf was recently on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, he's enlisted U.S. rappers G Easy and DDG to remix "Astronaut in the Ocean." I'm pretty sure it's going to get to a billion streams at some stage. It's going to be one no of those doubt. unicorn tracks. Everyone's loving it, and his manager says if Mars Wolf had the vaccine, he'd probably be overseas right now doing shows, which he is not. Uh, how much is this going to hurt his career? You reckon, guys? I mean, I don't think it's going to hurt it much at all if he's been able to accumulate this much success without the added benefit of international touring. I feel like we're in such a unique 
climate now that I it's going to suck because, you know, he and his team aren't going to make fucking bank off it. That's it. It's <laughs> right like now. maximizing exactly. the opportunities. Of course he's having success, but when streaming's bringing in bugger all for the artists, mm. yeah. they have to go and play shows and if they can't That's get it. out to where the audience is, it, it really sucks. Yeah. But I feel like for for someone like him, he's got that weirdly cultish following at the moment like this is a song that'll be like old town road or Mm -hmm. something like that where there'll be 20 remixes of this song yep you know what i mean has it even blown up on tiktok yet i think it yeah i think it has done so i feel like it it definitely sucks because it's like trying to strike while the while the fire's hot right now but Mm. i feel like He'll be able to get it out there before long. They're hoping for in my August. opinion, anyway. Yeah. Yep, hoping for August. The only band to have announced shows for next year is Middle Kids, Sydney, Sydney Act. They also did. They've done Fallon and they did Corden as well. Mm-hmm. Where I just had some, some chats this morning with some industry people about that. There was a rumor that <laughs> labels were paying 10k to make clips and then pitching that to. Radio, uh, TV stations I'd overseas. I'd love to know who has the money yeah, to exactly. confidently put into mm. that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's been shut down. And I spoke to my friend, uh, Kate, Katie Besgrove, who looks after middle kids. And, yeah, they, it was pitched to them, we'd love to have middle kids on the show. And they came back and said, okay, we'd, we'd love to do mm-hmm. this this song. And they shot it in Chatswood and it looks the clip looks amazing. This is the Fallon yeah. one. And it all rolled out really, really well. Um and they, that came to a bit of a, an agreement with the label about how much budget they had. I'm obviously thinking it's been 10, 10 to 12,000. Red curtains everywhere, beautiful stirring performance. Mm. So that's great. I mean, that's that's something cool. That, that, uh, but at the same time, they don't really get any money back from that. No. Because no. they, 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 they want to go over now. It's quite um, literally for exposure. I mean, <laughs> exactly. If they were in the studio over there, the, the television shows would you know would be paying for looking after exactly. how yeah. it sounded in there and how it appeared mm-hmm. so yep. why does that you know why does that not change or why does it stay the same when mm. when they are performing from a studio in Sydney as opposed to mm-hmm. when they're over there mm-hmm. well I think of it too this announcement that Alan's winding up her show I mean Chet Faker's been on there Corny Dick Tones. the Preston Tones has been on there it's pretty remarkable that that's going to stop sadly as, as an avenue mm. for the huge exposure mm. huge exposure yeah but do you think that that's like, how important do we feel like those, and just thinking about US TV gigs, like in terms of a long, long game mm-hmm. sort of situation, do you, do we feel like in the digital age that we're in now, that those gigs maybe hold the same weight as they used to? I think they do in terms of that acceptance. Yeah. You know, it's like they've they've played that. And as soon as you have that line- It's almost on the resume. It's yeah. Like, yeah, I've up. made it. I, yeah. And surely our understanding of it here is a little bit different because we don't really have a comparable platform here where you go, oh, maybe if a band got themselves onto like a version or something with Triple J, that might be the closest yeah, and kind of, maybe yeah. the only yeah. thing that we have here. This guy's yeah. a great guest. You should That's come true. on every week. You know, <laughs> I'll try my hardest <laughs> to block out my lunch break and beg my boss to disappear every week. <laughs> Down with holding up with Ford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, Middle Kids, as I was saying, they're the only ones who have bravely announced they'll be touring next year. They're also playing Firefly Festival in yeah, September. There's a bunch I think of them. it's at Den- uh, Denver. I think it's, uh, anyway. Yeah. And this is how bands, bands are making the money. So, yeah, we really, really need to get, mm. you know, mm. get cracking with uh, with this vaccine. Do you guys not have any idea when you're getting vaccinated? Were you in um, 2B? Is that what? Yeah, no idea. I'm registered apparently. Well, when I did register, it said I'd be eligible for the July rollout, but who knows? Mm. J- July when? 
July 2022, mm-hmm, July mm-hmm. 2023. Like, Maybe if we all played sport and had a match to go to overseas, we could get a vaccine and go, though. That is true. Correct. What a contradiction. Um, Millie Milgate said something interesting, too, from Sounds Australia to the music recently, probably looking at between 80 to 100 Australians that would, would look to go this year that can't be touring at mm. the moment, a la Mars Wolf. She also made a point that because the last sort of 10 to 15 years have been spent convincing people from overseas – Australia isn't that far away, you know, because of the internet and everything. And she's saying this may unravel it all, which is a full-on quote. And, you know, hopefully that will (laughs) cause some change. But it's really, you know, we're we're really stuck here because, yes, great that Australia has no real COVID anywhere, Mm. but we've really cooked it by not, you know, getting a move on. Totally. uh, and, And once again, artists, the people that, the first people to do you know bushfire relief and flood mm. relief gigs and all these mm. kind of things are the ones getting shafted. So we want to send a message to the federal government that they need to get their shit together. Mm. Please. Absolutely. Friends, music sting. Get out of town. Kicking into 2021, obviously the live music climate right around the country looked a lot different to what we're in now. Mm. Thank, I mean, we're in a much better position now, thankfully. Uh, baby steps, baby steps. But one series did become a bit of a, a shining light, especially in Melbourne, and that was the Live at the Bowl series at the Sydney My Music Bowl. Casting my mind back, I think it only started as like something that was supposed to go for a couple of weeks, and then it kept ballooning out with more shows and more collectives coming in and doing their thing. We had a whole range of of shows go down, everything from the Avalanches to Tina Arena just played there recently, Ballpark Music, Mm, uh, Skeggs that Mikey was at as well. There was just so much that appealed to so many different sorts of music fan and it was it was a really sort of re-energizing and rejuvenating thing for the Melbourne industry especially but we've read that the way that it's sort of kick-started the live music economy and the local economy here has been massive so Music Network reported that 27.26 million dollars Million dollars. It's a lot of dollars into the Dollar local bucks. into the local economy. That's the official number, as revealed by the Art Centre, which is huge because it was the Victorian government's first major initiative to 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 kind of be dedicated towards live music. Mm. So all all the good things, you know, it meant that there were plenty of jobs. Three thousand two hundred fifty. Three thousand two hundred fifty exactly. jobs across like everything from like production crew to security to caterers to everything. So it was, it really helped a lot of people in the sector. And I feel like the way we've seen the Live at the Bowl series kind of become a bit of a blueprint for how things. Similar series were run in the Domain in Sydney. We saw it happen with the Summer Sounds series in Adelaide and then Brisbane as well. Um, it kind of felt like we were going back to those days of summer festival seasons, you know, where the, you had similar artists almost just going state to state doing the same shows, but because everyone was in a larger bubble together, um, it, it, def- it felt nice and warm and fuzzy. Mm. It's interesting, and we are going to f- talk about um, the resurgence of festivals and the importance of festivals in both cities and out in the regional areas with, with lovely Cam quite soon but contrasting this massive success in a metro city um to the more grassroots 
growth of a festival like the Blacken uh, Open Air Metal Festival, which happens each year out in Alice Springs, I do feel like it's an important conversation to have because now that we are starting to look for live events more often, I don't know, as a music fan, it's giving me more confidence that things can become more sustainable mm. in the event space. In a private space too. Because I know mm-hmm. we talk about Live at the Bowl, it was very frustrating from a promoter's perspective when those announcements came out. Music was coming back. Yes, it's great, but it's like this is the government's version of what we're going to do. Sure. But I think now looking back on it, it did provide like a really good blueprint and we are now starting to see independent promoters come back in and put events on like the Black mm. and Festival. Mm-hmm. And I think how Live in the Bowl, Live at the Bowl started looping in outside promoters to come and host their events in that space as well. It provided a real touch point for everyone to look at and go, well, how are they doing it and how can I get something like that happening in my yeah. back at my event to get to get my event back up and happening and surely people like the um, operators of the Blacken Festival are all, you know, all looking out at the moment and going, how are they doing it? How are they doing it? Just yeah. looking for any clues at all. So okay. it's exciting to see private operators coming and putting their events back on. Absolutely. And and just on the Blacken um, Festival, if you're if you're not across it, it's in its I believe it's in its tenth it might be its tenth year because they had last year off because of everything. Mm-hmm. Um bunch of metal bands from all around the country heading out to the desert for a weekend. It's a camping festival, but totally put on by a, a I think it's Alice Springs' only metal label, <laughs> which is fucking sick. Um, it, it would be unusual if there was like bulk more? metal labels. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe, maybe like this is where the hub is. Live in the dead center um, of Australia. Headlined this year by Diada's Murder. So they'll be heading to the NT for the first time off the back of the Full Tilt Festival, which is happening around the country as well. Um, we've also got Cycroptic, Southeast Desert Metal, who if you haven't seen them, definitely go look them up. They're f- fucking killer. Mm-hmm. Bands like Clowns, you've got Low, Amel and the Sniffers are heading over there as well. It's cool to sort of see that diversity. Exactly. Um, also a Polynesian metal group uh, called Shepherd's Rain. Again, hectic music videos. And I'm like, I'm talking, I'm not even like, I'm not even metal adjacent, but <laughs> these guys are fucking incredible. So that's all happening uh, from Friday, July 30th uh, through until 2nd of August, which is a Monday. So it's a public holiday weekend in the NT. But what I love about that festival is like, yes, it's homegrown. Yes, they've cultivated this own energy, this own sense of sustainable community. But it's also making sure that they're bringing people into the community as well. So there are discounted flights happening for people coming into Central Australia and the Northern Territory from out of state. Um, So it's kind of enticing people to Mm. also visit different areas of the country because, I mean, where else are we going right now? But it's also a gorgeous part of the country too. So I think like you were saying, it's going to be a great time for more independent promoters and independent people who are running events to be like, well, we don't need to have the backing of a massive corporation or the government because let's be honest, not a lot of us do. Mm. Yep. You know, we we don't have the luxury to rely on that stuff anymore. So I feel like we're in a really interesting position now where we can see people thinking a little bit more outside the box but also having the confidence to see those ideas through a bit mm. more too. Mm. I think too, to take it back to the bowl, mm. there was hiccups along the way to the, 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 the Skeg show. They had to stop it seven times because kids kept getting out of their pods and running over to each other and getting so excited. It was great. In your the, pen. Yeah. Stay <laughs> there. In your pen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and and also on that, I must admit, 
the the community spirit that you have, the communal mm. sort of you know that hive mind where you're all watching, you have the same energy. That was lost a little bit by being yeah. in the pods. It's still amazing to to see live music, but that definitely, especially with with dancing, you're dancing with just the same six people. Um, not quite the same as, you know, cutting a rug all over the dance floor and, and mm. you know, and just sort of feeling str- strangers up close, which is, again, one of the great parts of... <laughs> not feeling strangers up. Feeling strangers, feeling strangers up close, okay. comma, <laughs> close. So, Can't punctuate it on here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, uh, yeah, we can get rid of the pods as soon as possible so we can get back to sort of enjoying music as as we as we usually do. Yeah. Obviously, at the moment, beggars can't be choosers. But we'll see how Rising goes, which starts mm-hmm. 26th of May. So I believe they're going to still have the pods for Rising. Is that and supposed to be a supplement for White Night? It's, I think, White Night and Melbourne Festival, everything's yeah. become Rising. One thing. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's that's going to be the vibe. But that's, it's got some cool shows. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's all kinds of interesting things. In fact, you know what? Let's get on one of the curators in the next mm-hmm. few weeks for Hit Different. You heard it here just then. That's happening. <laughs> we'll get Woody on, former... Uh, Former Auntie Meredith associate. Yes. Coolness for sureness. Nice. How about a bit of a music sting, folks? Time to reintroduce guest and the angle for the interview. Welcome back to Hit Different. Energy levels in the room are potent. They are. They're happening. They you, are. Got, they are. you got a purple microphone there specially for you. Cameron Wade from Meadow Festival, our guest today, our guest co-host. Sir, That's talk me. to us about getting through and successfully pulling off Meadow Festival when the last time you tried to put it on, literally weeks before, you had to yeah say no Meadow this year. We did. We're probably one of the First, well, there's probably people ahead of us going, the risk is climbing up. We need to jump ship now. We were kind of like, it's so close. Mm. We'll we'll surely make it. And I'm reassuring, you know, food providers and everything. Now we're all good. And then I think we had to get to a point where there was some announcements limiting the capacities down to 500. That was already too small for us. So said goodbye to Meadow 2020, sadly. Probably the most <laughs> devastating day of my small promoter career so far but um where were you when it when it happened we'd actually gotten ourselves extremely well organized because one of my very good mates was getting married in sydney so i was about to board a plane to sydney to celebrate my friend's wedding and then i'm in this wedding the whole weekend just destroyed because my festival's just been torn in half i'm trying to be really happy and smile for him and everything and then just inside i was like this is so bad (laughs) did you ever get any speeches uh, no, I, I was luckily just, um, yeah, sitting solemnly at the table. And- <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but no, we got lucky this year and, you know, made our way through the, you know, the, the various sets of requirements that have been put in place and asked a lot of questions, got a lot of good answers and some very vague answers and finally got to the point where we thought, yes, we can do this. And I think January we made an announcement at the start saying we we're going to put it on and Went from there. Mm-hmm. Angie McMahon, Elizabeth, Private mm. Function, King Gizzard, the Lizard Wizard, Prequel. Yeah. Had some killer acts. Seven Ups put in an amazing set uh, just as it started raining. And you had actually probably got pretty good weather too, all things considered. Yeah. I mean, we did have to push it back a month to give ourselves a little bit more time. We would normally be towards the tail end of March and we'd probably avoid <laughs> crappy yeah. weather. But yeah, we put ourselves, we risked the weather to make sure we could get it, you know, up to standard and make it safe for everyone. Mm. Um, but 
you're in Bamber at the top of the Otway, so if you don't get a little bit of rain, it would be unusual. I was going to say it would be kind of strange if you didn't no, get sprinkled yeah. on a little bit. So logistically, 1,000 tickets was the, was the capacity, is that correct? Yeah, so the Victorian event structure, when they came out with the framework at the start, was the three tiers and with varying levels of controls as you work up through them. And we just said, we want to keep this as simple as possible. We want to make sure it works. Let's stay under the tier three limit and abide by the checklist that's put in place for those events, make sure we're getting everything in place to meet those requirements and go from there. So, yeah, we, we capped it at 970, so we had a little bit of buffer. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was good. Simon said, no moshing, no crowd surfing, no stage diving, yes dancing. Unless you're a private function. do other things. So talk, talk to us about, um, before we get into the acts, uh, the east and west idea you've got to have. Initially, you were going to have to have yeah. half the festival separated. the Berlin Wall. Berlin Wall. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we sat for a long time with our, with our ticketing team to understand what we could do. And our predicament was that we had loads of people that bought 2020 tickets that needed to go into the 2021 event. We could easily have done a tiered ticketing system where you pay more and you go up the front. But I really hate that idea. I think everyone who goes to a festival should be able to have the same experience no matter yeah. what. Absolutely. So we split everyone into random groups, gave them the opportunity to reorganize themselves and make sure they were with their friends if they needed to be, which was a hell of a lot of email admin. <laughs> and then when we put tickets on sale, you had to buy in the same booking to make sure you got put in the same zone, yeah. yep. east and west side, and then rotating through zones on the east and west side. So yeah. it was going to be That's, that's making my head hurt. Just listening to you talk. I can't yeah, imagine had, what it would have been like on ground trying to... We had cattle prods ready, it. so yeah. <laughs> it would have been fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't but know he's joking, and I actually don't want to know whether... <laughs> there would have been... It's on a farm. I reckon if I had a look up in the shed at the back, there would have been a cattle prod. <laughs> Something there. You, you do. do. Stop smooching. There would have been a whole like these like... It's been 27 years since I've seen Hugo. We, we were going to do a volleyball, <laughs> east to west volleyball as well, that if we be, kept the wall right. in, but... Alas, thank God we got rid of, you know, we started to see that some of the pod restrictions ease a bit live at the bowl and we asked a few questions around how that was working and a few other events were running like Boogie and we were keeping, like that's what I said earlier, like everybody would have just been watching, what are you doing? What are you doing? How are you meeting those rules? Mm. And yeah, got to tear up our or tear down our wall and um, get on with it. Great. Hoff wasn't there, but he was there in in spirit. (laughs) Um, so were you having discussions with people from Boogie, et cetera? Like how were you all sort of keeping Just it? Just asking people that went what the experience was like, whether they felt that it was safe and being done properly. And if so, you know, what was what was happening? You know, were they making you scanning all over the place? Were they dividing you up? Were they limiting you to certain areas? And I think it took a little bit from watching Euroa Festival, yep. a little bit from watching Boogie, and then definitely seeing much bigger events live at the bowl easing their restrictions a little bit, you know, allowed us to ask some more questions of the state government team that are there to answer those questions about how you're interpreting the rules and um, made the call then to say, we do not need this wall anymore. (laughs) And you pulled off a mini Meredith, you know, Uh, at one stage, one energy, one love, no clashes, which is great. I think you had a whole, for the sunset, I think you just blocked out a bunch of time where people, everyone would watch the sunset together. Is that right? Yeah, we've normally done that because sometimes the sunset, we didn't have any amazing sunsets this year, but it's pretty crazy up there when you get the right amount of cloud and the right sunset and everyone just walks away from the stage and you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry to whoever's on there. <laughs> it's not like Meredith where it Come just peers behind the trees and you can't see it. It's, <laughs> yeah. You're standing watching the band and it's right there and you just 
They yeah. just get drawn away and they walk away. So we've now for the sake of whoever's playing, we always leave that slot empty because it's very sad. It can, and, and people at American Golden Plains, they it can be a bad slot to get. You know, I think yeah. Ty Segal a few years ago. I wanted to see Ty Segal so bad, but I just got drawn away with friends and yeah. watched the sunset. And then yeah. as soon as it went down, someone turned around and go, one more sun, one more. And everyone laughed. And then the next day, the guy goes, you missed Ty Segal? You're a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a great point. Yeah. Or maybe they need a sunset slot as well. I reckon not not the worst idea. Tell us what really worked really really well, uh, and tell us logistically the other sort of difficulties or just any other things that um you know you would change. Well, this was our eighth festival or seven and a half if you discount the one that didn't happen last year, and I think every year we do a big lessons learned document and um, make sure we're actioning all those items. So we felt that it was our smoothest ran festival ever, but Unreal. we still came away with a huge spreadsheet of things that we need to improve on. None of us have professional events backgrounds. We've all learnt by doing. So having something like that for us is super important to make sure that we're Absolutely. ensuring that artists are getting the same experience they would get to if they went to something run by a big professional company. So definitely there was some some sound-based stuff that from a punter's perspective, I don't think anyone would have known, but just from an artist's comfort perspective, we can do better and make sure that they're feeling more comfortable on the stage. And that was feedback from a couple of the bands. Other than that, I think we were... Very happy with most of it from a punter perspective. I, the, the one thing that I did here that was problematic was that our cinema was too close to the first aid tent. So if people needed a bit of quiet time, they've had a, had a bit much um, whatever they've had. <laughs> and then Conair's playing beside you and there's plane crashes going on. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is a lovely so, girl. So that is on the... We need to fix. You don't this know if it's actually year. happening or mm-hmm. in your head. It's no. Like, no, that's actually happening next yeah. door. <laughs> yeah, there is plane crashes going down right there. That's oh, amazing. Dear. Um, I know Hate Rock played, and um, were they perhaps suited for perhaps a, a earlier slot in the day? I think they are not necessarily yeah. the, the greatest uh, set. That's such a hard one, and there's, mm. there's always bands like that. And oftentimes we'll we just won't end up booking those bands. We, like we, I would love to have them, but it's so hard to place them on a bill because they've gotten to the point where they're they're big enough that they can say, "We want to play a nighttime slot," and then you're sitting there going, well, "I'm programming this thing after sunset. Mm. People want to dance, and you know they they want the mood to go up." And sometimes if that doesn't happen, it can feel mm. a little bit moody, maybe not not so much a downer, but like it doesn't help people get into the evening. I know a lot of people love the hate rock set and would be right at the front just. Mm soaking it up but a lot of other people have never heard of them before are probably just going i just want to smash beers and get on with it and, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, well it, i mean just to that point too like sia played meredith a few years ago probably a decade ago now and literally it was like 7 30 at night and she said i've got another slow one but i reckon you guys want a fast one don't yeah. you and yeah. i was like yes and she goes yeah. sorry i've only got slow ones to go <laughs> so she played another this is the sia you know played three more slow tracks yeah and, and what I guess Hate Rock would have, would have done too, though, is the next band that came on, which was... Uh, Private Function was followed them in the name of Allard after that. Yeah, I mean, that that energy after that, yeah. that explosion. People have just got it all pent up at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was genius by you guys. Yeah, you know? it's it, it's crazy. Like, I literally have email discussions with agents saying, I really love that, that band. Mm. Go and watch their shows in Melbourne. I'm just saying, I, I, there's, I just can't put them on the bill because... Mm. It won't work. They're they're yeah. too big to be playing during the day, or or you don't want them playing during the day. Mm. And I can't put them on at night time. So, do they see your reasoning there? Because yeah, I've but, definitely had agents respond and go, "Yep, 
I, I follow that logic. Yeah. But surely they would be smart enough to go, okay, everyone's already at the festival. I may as well take the day slot. Yeah, take take yeah. A, take a 2 p.m. slot, you know, really nice, mm. cruisy, But that sort music. of environment as well, it's not like you're battling for attention of three other stages happening at the same time. That's Do you know it. what I mean? You've like got everyone. You've got everyone. Sometimes in the, in the those afternoon there. slots are better because everyone's just sitting there attentive, yeah. ready yeah. to take in music, whereas that 8 or 9 p.m. slot, Nobody's got any yeah. idea what's going on <laughs> at that point. You do. I, it's, yeah, it's the blessing. I keep saying uh, Meredith Golden Plains. That second day, about five o'clock, is the best slot because everyone yeah. can still remember that, yeah. that set yeah. really clearly. Everyone's just got back in the game. You know. it's, it's almost just about every time the set that people go away talking about is four or five o'clock yep. on, mm-hmm. the, you know, on the, the second, second afternoon. Yeah. Yep, yep, so good. Uh, how concerned were you when private function were <laughs> jumping into the crowd and all, you know, just how much were you enjoying it slash could, could you enjoy it? I didn't see a whole heap of it, but <laughs> my brother is a production manager and he got on stage before they played and taped everything to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> but didn't tell our, our sound tech um, <laughs> what they were like and I had the sound tech come running up to me during the set and go, Cameron, if you book bands like this, you need to tell me what they play. Like. <laughs> I was like, well, I sent you the lineup. You're supposed to listen to it all and figure it all out. But that is, they all enjoy. That's it. the quote we're, we're using for this episode, by the way. Just what you said then. <laughs> Who's the band? Tell me more. Uh, Amazing. I love it. Yeah, and they did a cover, so say, of which Coldplay song? Oh, Yellow. <laughs> okay, I was going to go with something different, but wow. Okay, cool. You, would, you wouldn't have thought it was yellow unless yeah. you heard the chorus. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Yes, that's some footage. I love that. Killed. I was lucky enough to go, Cameron booked me to DJ The Spaces Between. Mm-hmm. I say it was, felt very like, it, it did feel um sort of embryonic in a way for, for The Spaces Between DJ stuff. I was very happy to get my, got a rider. You guys gave me a bottle of vodka and, and yeah. as, as I asked for and, and, some, and some tonic and some fresh limes, so all that stuff. That was tickety-boo. In general, I thought it was, yeah, it was, it was an amazing mm. thing to, to be a part of mm. and, and to, to be in Bamber, which I've never been to Bamber before, which means mushroom, thinking in Indigenous language. It does. We have mushroom on our artwork. Excellent. And I'm sure some of the uh, cavity caps were <laughs> coming around. Let's, let's be real. They are not part is, of the festival's is, is, is Part artwork. of the official lineup. <laughs> However, but yeah, I, I think I it, was, it. it was an amazing thing to pull off, especially to keep the lights on during yeah. COVID and to, to push on through. You did very, very well, sir. So Absolutely. well bloody done. Uh, can you give us any anything else, any sort of interesting tidbits that you came away with, any sort of anecdotal stuff that happened on the weekend? Are you like, oh, God, this is amazing. I can't believe this moment's happening to me right now. Oh, there's loads of stuff where you just sit back for a moment and go, I'm, you know, I'm so happy that, we managed to achieve that. I'm so satisfied that that mm. a group of, well, it's me and my two brothers and my partner now, mm-hmm. you know, that we as not technically, like I said, music professionals can stand back at some points and go, I can't believe, you know, Andrew McMahon's playing on my stage on a Friday mm. night or I can't believe King Giz are even at this festival. What yeah. are they doing here? Are they playing or what? <laughs> After uh, they did Live at the Bowl, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And I think it's just the, the satisfaction part of it for me mm. that that – that I stand back and get most out of. Yeah, there's loads of other things that I I, I hate about being there as well. It's just... Tell us, a t- tell us a tough moment. Oh, the worst one was when the whole 30 tonne of water for the festival drove down the hill on the Friday morning <laughs> and it was wet and there was no way he was going to get the water back up the hill. So we were a couple of hours from everyone arriving oh. and everybody's water for the weekend is stuck down the bottom of the hill. Oh, my God. 
God. And he just got too close to the edge of the hill and his front wheel just started oh, to head down and he had to no. straighten up and the whole 30 tonne of water on a truck going down the God. bottom of the hill. So then we spent the next few hours with tractors and chains and dropping water off and Jesus. finally pulled him back up out of the bottom and he went back off to Winchelsea to get more water and came back again. But that was definitely... <laughs> you had to pull him out for 30 tonnes of water. Yeah, with people already almost... We had some of our volunteers already there starting to set up camp and everything. So there was people going, what's that guy doing down there? It doesn't look like he can get out. I'm like, no, he's all right. We're getting him out. <laughs> no, no, she's sweet. My dad came in about lunchtime. I'm like, dad, we've got to get this truck out of here. I don't know what we're going to do. Dad with the Hail yeah. Mary. Oh, well, he's, he's a country boy from, from way back. So he so like, we'll, loved it. He's we'll like, sort it out. Send me in, coach. Yeah. Wonderful. Not music related, but yeah. no, it's, very I mean, much something you need. You can't delicious. get by with water. Yeah. No, absolutely. Brain goes to grey mush if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Friends, we hope your brains are not grey mush now. We hope they're purple and, and red and yellow <laughs> and all kinds of wonderful kaleidoscopic colours because we've filled you up with information on Hit Different. Second episode, very lucky to have Cameron Wade Thank come you, in Cameron. here hustling no on his lunch break. Every day's a hustle. That's how we Every do. Every day I'm hustling. So thanks a lot for coming in, dude. Too easy. Thank please, you. Please come on back. Loved hearing everything, all your analysis and all that kind of stuff. So thank you. So say. Absolutely. Thank you, people out there. Let me just quickly pause. <clears throat> check out mushroom.com slash podcast for more information or check out the episode notes. What do we say about next week's episode? We know fuck all about it. So <laughs> You're going to have the gorgeous Marcus Teague, though. Next week, we may, if we're lucky, have middle kids on. Everything is pointing towards, yes, having Hannah from Middle Kids on. I just spoke to their manager. In fact, with our wish list of Hit Different guests, everyone said yes. So you say yes to tell friends about Hit Different, subscribe, and we'll see you next week. Big love. Mwah.